That talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Thursday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Stephen Means here after a long day at Ohio State Recruiting Camp. I am in a hotel room in West, not West Virginia, Virginia, after uh, a good day of touring some colleges with my daughter. So Stephen is working. I am driving and being an embarrassing father. Uh, oh, let's take a picture over here. Oh, can you double mate? Oh, my God, I'm that guy, Stephen, right? I mean, what, who other, what other guy could I be? Sounds like good parenting to me. My daughter is like half like, hey, thanks for the trip, Dab, and, ha- and half like, I never want to speak to you again, which is fine, <laughs> which is great. Um, so, And now she's over on the bed and somewhere around the corner. And, she, and I'm like, hey, I got the podcast in the room tonight. And she was like, I'm used to it because, you know, I'm usually down the hall. And my wife was like, we were talking to my wife on the phone. My wife was like, yeah, but there's usually like three walls between you. This is going to be in the same room. So we'll see if my daughter's still speaking to me by the end here. Recruiting camp, two in a row, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. Were these, so this is the, these were the fourth and fifth? Yes. Of June? Where did these rank in terms of star power on Tuesday and Wednesday, Stephen, compared to the first three days that you had covered the previous two weeks? They're probably going to end up being fifth and sixth just because next Tuesday is going to be pretty Amazing, mainly because Dylan Rayola is coming. Okay. Um, but then also, I think a lot more. It's, it's interesting. I, I think I've mentioned this before. You can always tell how, you know, star power to camp is by how interested the assistant coach look like when they're doing it. Mm. And I was like joking with Brian Hartline. He was like, yeah, I had a good day today. It was funny. He was like, yeah, man, but you didn't really have a good group today. He's like, yeah, but I'm out here for the kids. And it's like, so, you know, he's saying all the right things. And I'm like, yeah, you were probably due for a day where you did not offer a seventh grader. He's like, yeah, it, it happens eventually. But this was Wednesday was six. And I think Tuesday was probably fifth. But if I had it, it can fight for fourth. Okay. So then is is the biggest stuff for June, and listen, we have a bunch of things we're going to get to. We're going to talk about some Glenville guys. We're going to talk um, a little bit about some quarterback stuff. We're going to talk about tackles because we can't talk about recruiting and not talk about offensive tackles. We're going to talk about Tony Alford looking at a 2025 running back and Steven watching that workout. But is the biggest stuff still to come in June, Steven? Dylan Royola is going to be here at a camp next week. And also the official visit weekends have started, but the big two weekends, the two biggest, are still in front of us, right? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we can't see those official visits unless you just happen to be walking around Town Hall in Short North and see them out at lunch or something like that. Um, but yes, part of it is, I think, outside of Dylan Raiola, there were some people who were maybe supposed to be here this week, week who had to put it off until next week. So there's going to be some – it's not just going to be the Dylan Raiola show, even if that is the main event of what next Tuesday is. Um while this week was more just it seemed like everybody was let's get through the week and let's just get to Friday when, you know, the real show starts here. So there is a seven on seven camp that is taking place on Thursday. As people listen to this, we were sort of trying to figure out this week, Hey, should we do it before the seven on seven camp? Do you want to do it after these two days? Because there's a lot going on. You said, let's do it Wednesday night Mm -hmm. because you didn't feel like we had to wait for the seven on seven camp. What is this seven on seven camp? Is it something new that Ohio state is doing? 
Yeah, I think it's the first time like a decade they've done something like this. And a lot of the hype around it was this idea that maybe this, you know, South Florida Express 7 on 7 team uh, based in Miami, uh, Florida, that's featuring just a ton of primetime prospects roles for Ohio State just around the country, that maybe they'd show up and compete in it. Um, obviously, Brandon Innes, five-star recruit who is leaning heavily towards Ohio State, just put out his top six um, as we're recording this, maybe an hour and a half before this, ahead of his visit this weekend. He plays for that team. But a guy like him, a commit like Mark Fletcher, commits like Cedric Hawkins, they wouldn't have been able to play in it because they're official visitors. And so that takes away some of the star power. Oh. And then, yeah, and then come to find out, you know, talking with guys, it's like they just played in an entire national tournament last weekend in Vegas. And their kids, and they're probably tired and trying to take official visits. So that has just been too much to get them to come up here and try to compete in another seven on seven tournament where they probably would have dominated. So it's just become more of a Ohio centric thing where I think the two biggest names are going to be Ryan Montgomery and Tavian St. Clair, two 2025 Ohio quarterbacks. Okay. Well, let's start there then, since you brought those yeah. two guys up. Ryan Montgomery, younger brother of Luke Montgomery, who's the tackle mm-hmm. in 2023 that's committed to Ohio State. Tavian St. Clair, I'm going to admit I don't. I love the name. I don't know who that is. These are 2025 quarterbacks. And again, I, you guys listen to this. You know this. 2023, they have three offers out. They're looking for sort of a developmental guy in the 200s or 300s because Dylan Rayola, who's a five-star, who's going to be one of the 10 best players in the class of 2024, he's committed already for 2024. So now we're jumping to 2025. They still have to get 2023 locked down. But they have some guys lined up there. We've talked about that on this podcast before. Stephen has written about that at cleveland.com slash OSU. So now we're looking at 25, and we're starting with two Ohio guys. So why don't you start us with Ryan Montgomery and what it might mean, what he the Buckeyes might be looking to see from him at this 7-on-7. Seven seven. Yeah, for starters, because they're so young, there are no rankings, whether it's an individual site or a composite ranking. So – that's not even important, but both of these guys are going to be top 150, top 200 recruits by the time this all gets said and done. As Doug mentioned, he's the little brother of 2023 tackle commit Luke Montgomery. Ryan Montgomery's camped before. He camped last summer when Luke was still going through a lot of this process. He might have gotten offered a little earlier than they had to, and it's because Michigan and Penn State and you know Michigan State all sent him out offers earlier because you know when you're trying to get the brother, why not offer the little brother a little bit earlier to see if you can get the two two for one deal here? And that obviously didn't hasn't what's worked out. But look, Ryan has since started to blow up a little bit. Georgia's gotten involved and they've offered Notre Dame's offered Georgia Tech has offered. He's already six three, two hundred pounds. I think he. He looks taller than that, though, because he's not built like his brother, who's a little bit thicker and more like a bodybuilder. Ryan Montgomery, skinny and long and lanky. Um, this is just another opportunity for Ryan Dan and Corey Dennis to get their eyes off of it, on him coming off a of freshman year at Finley High School. Um, and then they go on to Tavion St. Clair as well. He's from Bellefontaine. Kind of the same thing. 6'3", 190. He's camped this year already. So this will be his second time here. And... I mean, we talk about guys like Drew Aller, who ended up being a five-star recruit out of Ohio, but it's like, why isn't he here? Because Ohio State went and got Quinn Ewers. And right now, there isn't a Quinn Ewers in 2025 because we're in 2022. They're they're freshmen going into their sophomore years of high school right now. And so in that world right now, Ohio State could be in a situation where if they wanted to take an in-state quarterback who was also quality, 
that's it's Tavian Sinclair and Ryan Montgomery. This is kind of ground zero of them two battling it out to be that guy. And they can slow play it a little bit and see they can slow play and see if there's going to be a Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers, Dylan Rayola type that pops up from a national circuit. But if there's not, they would be perfectly fine taking one of these options later down the road. So Bell Fountain, I think, by the way, right? Bell Fountain. Yes, um, I've been there before. They have a really nice school. They um, have not taken an Ohio quarterback in the Ryan Day era, right? Correct. They have not. Correct. There hasn't been an Ohio quarterback. Has there not been an Ohio quarterback signed with Ohio State since Joe Burrow? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There so, was almost one, and then you know Tate Martell happened. Yeah. So, um, so is it possible? Again, as you said, it's early, and they're always going to keep their eyes nationally when it comes to quarterback. But is it possible that Ohio State could sign an Ohio quarterback in twenty twenty five? When you're talking about these two guys, that's on the table. I mean, here we are in twenty twenty two, three years out, three and a half years out from that class signing. But I guess yes. two and a half years out. But that's possible in your mind? Yes, because they're both going to be talented enough where it's not – you're not settling because there's going to be some national programs who are going to be in the mix for some of these guys as well. And I, I think we're going to see Ohio quarterbacks be better going forward. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to always be Ohio State caliber, but the Penn States, the Michigans, the Michigan States of the world – um, Notre Dame's. I, I think there's going to be those caliber quarterbacks in Ohio, and a lot of that is credited to Brad Mandelier. Um, he is a uh, from Hudson, Ohio. He's a quarterback trainer here who has a lot of these guys under his tutelage. Drew Aller works with him, and he has raised the level of play at quarterback within the Midwest. And I think we're going to continue to see that. And so it, it's going to start with these two. One of these two, both of these guys should be good enough to play at Ohio State. And the question, and there's going to be more guys who follow them. The question is, is there going to be a potential generational talent somewhere out west or in the southwest or down south that Ohio State goes chasing that makes it okay that they didn't take the guy in their backyard? All his guys sort of sling it a certain way. There's like an arm, there's like an arm slot they all use. I follow mm-hmm. Brad on Twitter. I haven't talked to him, but he's always posting videos of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. he works with, and they're they're. I mean, it's no surprise. This is what happens when you have a way of doing things and you have a technique. I mean, if you watch Larry Johnson, defensive linemen and defensive ends and edge rushers, I'm assuming that, you know, they're hand fighting and the way that they get to the quarterback is very similar. But it's just it's very interesting. They get like a certain spin on the ball that sort of makes mm-hmm. it a knife through the air. Um, and it's one of those things that they do not. They It's not like they're chasing the ghost of Drew Aller. That's not what this is about. Ohio State, you know, they. They went national. Drew Aller in Ohio sort of blew up after they went national, and then they mm-hmm. tried to go back to him, and Penn State already had him locked in. So it's not like this is some – it's not like Ohio State blew it with Drew Aller. That, nobody would say that. But just it's probably a little in their head, hey, 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 next Drew Aller, let's just make this – be aware, be aware, right? That doesn't mean they have to take him. But it wouldn't be – Joe Brodo was a class of 2016. I'm talking about the class of 2025. Maybe not a bad idea to take an Ohio quarterback every nine years. <laughs> right? Ohio State. I mean, that's – Logistically speaking, yes. It's okay to do that. Yeah. I mean, just saying. Again, it's one of those things. It is, it is a great um, – it's not even a debate because Ohio State wants to win national championships. Their fans, their alumni, their players – their AD, their head coach, their president, they want them to win national championships. And that means do what you got to do. So 
you know, but be on the alert. So I think it's interesting that there are two Ohio quarterbacks in 2025 that this early have Ohio State on the alert. And it's one of those things, Stephen, right? Very possible one of these guys winds up here and you in two and a half years are saying, I remember back on the day of the seven on seven and I want, right. That's how this stuff works. Mm -hmm. And especially for St. Clair, right? Maybe Thursday is the start of something, right? Maybe it plants the seed of a relationship and guys develop. Some guys don't develop. Some guys grow. Some guys don't go. We are a long way from December 2024 when these guys in the class of 2025 are going to sign. But maybe there's a little quarterback, a little seed. I've never planted a you ever plant a tree? Steven, you ever plant a tree? I don't think so, no. I don't think I plant a tree. We get, like, sometimes when your kids are in school, um, they send a tree home. We've had that happen. It was like, oh, the, 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 like, oh, they had a science thing. And they we sent like home. The butterflies. A oh, but oh, don't do that. That'll just get you. No, don't do. What'd you do? Would you let a butterfly go into the wild? No, 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 no. no, no. You you send it home. You send it home with you when it's still a caterpillar, and you watch it blossom to a butterfly, and then you let it go. No, 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 no. My wife does. I mean, it's just in a shoebox. It's not like it's. It's a monster in your house. Why would you do that? Would you raise? Oh, look, look, look! What they sent home a little monster home from school, and you put it in a box, and then one day you open the box, and the monster jumps out. Quarterbacks are interesting. They got plenty of time, but that's two of the guys that Ohio State will be looking at in this seven-on-seven tournament as you guys listen to this on Thursday. Quick break on Buckeye Talk. We'll come back, talk about what Steven already saw on Tuesday and Wednesday after this. Doug and Steven. Steven at his parents' house because all the power is out everywhere in Ohio. It's just because it's too hot. Is that what it is? It's too hot and it's blowing circuits? Is it the third? No. it's To my understanding is – AP is doing this on purpose so that it doesn't blow any circuits. Can um, we get grids? Can we have grids? Yes. Can we have functional grids? Very high on the list. Like Texas is like, oh my gosh, there was a, an eighth of an inch of snow. The grid exploded. And what? Ohio's like, oh, well, it got over 90. Time to shut down the grid. I'll it's pay, uncomfortably I'll, hot today. I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'll pay extra for a functional grid. That's just how I am. I like... I'm pro-electricity. I don't know where you stand, Stephen, but you can't do a podcast by candlelight. Buckeye talk. I mean, you can. We just can't record it. Just can't <laughs> yeah, record yeah, nobody else is gonna, yeah, nobody else is going to hear it. It's yeah. just us having a conversation. It's just like, yeah, I'm actually in Williamsburg, Virginia, where like it's like the 1720s. And people back yeah. in the 1720s had podcasts. It was just called Conversations. But yeah. guess what? They're lost to history. What is the point of, of talking? Again, as we've said many times, what is the point of talking – if thousands of people can't hear it, just like learning and connecting with another human, whatever. Let's talk about Glenville. I like talking about Glenville. I like talking about Ted Ginn Sr. I like talking about the Glenville program. I like talking about the great players that have come out of Glenville. And frankly, Stephen, when it comes to Ohio State, we have not talked about Glenville all that much lately. But maybe we are about to start talking about Glenville again. Why? Well, I, I think the idea kind of popped up for a story for me that is um, TBD as far as a release date, um, the Cleveland.com way, baby. Um, yeah. Where look for that in 2025, <laughs> right after Kings of the North. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another big project. But when he sh- uh, Ted Ginn came, obviously for the first day of spring practice, and he had him talk. Ryan Day had him talk to the team, 
And it was almost like a, it was a cool little moment, but now it's probably the lead to the story I write um, when I'm 45 years old and my kids are off in school somewhere. But this idea of Jim Trestle used Glenville and Ted Ginn almost as like a feeder school. And you got guys like Ted Ginn Jr. and Troy Smith out of that. And the list goes on and on. But kind of Marshawn Lattimore came here in 2014. And then like the pipeline just shut off. And that's a combination of like uh, Ted Ginn Sr. got sick. The talent kind of spread out in Cleveland and went all over the place. But it wasn't the same. And it feels like a healthy, rejuvenated Ted Ginn Sr. and a rejuvenated Glenville program mixed with all this extra stuff that's just happening in college football where it feels like Ohio State might have to pull back in one of these cycles and like really go hard on Ohio kids is being mixed with Glenville has the talent necessary to bring back that pipeline. And it's going to start with two guys, one guy in the 2023 class, Arvell Reese, a linebacker who, quite frankly, context is important with some of these rankings. From an athlete standpoint, I think he's one of the 10 best linebackers in the country from what I saw from him on Tuesday. Now, some of the other stuff that goes into this, that's probably why he's ranked 323 and 25th among linebackers, but just pure athleticism here at a 4 5 8, 40 time on, on Tuesday. And it's hand time, but still, that's for a guy who's 6'4", 210, that's pretty impressive. And then the other guy is the top recruit in the 2024 class from Ohio, Bryce West, who was actually the grandson of Ted Ginn uh, Sr. He is a cornerback who I think probably projects out best as a nickel safety for Ohio State. Man, back in the day, before the bullet, long before the bullet, when we were infatuated with new defensive names of positions, the star, the star, Jim Haycock had the star, and Dante Whitner helped make that happen. It's just a nickel safety. Cover like a corner, hit like a safety. Or, or like cover like a safety, hit like a linebacker, kind of almost. And uh, Dante Whitner did it, and uh, the Jamel Hines did it. Man, did I love Jamel Hines. Woo, Jamel Hines. And so, like, give me a Glenville guy who covers like a safety and hits like a linebacker, let's go. Let's go, Arvell Reese. Let let Jim Knowles work it out. I don't know yes. what you are, but can you run and hit? Are you smart? Are you physical? Like, do you get after it? Do you make the great state of Ohio proud? All that, like, right? I mean, just there's, uh, you know, listen, come on. Uh, there's lots of good guys that come through Ohio State. Many, 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 numerous, numerous, numerous from all over Ohio and all over the country. But we're Cleveland.com, and uh, there was something about that Glenville-Ohio State relationship. And the idea of it coming back is cool. So, you know, I can't – and it's one of the things, Stephen. Ted Ginn Sr. is not here to deliver anybody, and he also had players go to Michigan, and he had players mm-hmm. go to Illinois, and he had players go to Michigan State, and he had a player go to USC one time. Like, he'll have players go wherever it's best for the player. But, you know – he also, I think, does in his heart have something about the hometown, the home state school. And so um, you can't lock these guys. Not fair to Arvell Reese to say he's a lock for Ohio State because lots of people want him. But this feels like this would make a lot of sense for both Arvell Reese and Bryce West. And are, are you thinking that that these could be sooner than later kind of things or are these guys still going to take their time? Uh, they're both going to probably take their time. Arvell's kind of blowing up a little bit. Um that Ohio, as you would expect, you get an Ohio State offer or Alabama offer. 
the rest of the big time programs start to come along. And that's what happened when he got that Ohio State offer. He's not even taking a, official visits right now. Glenville is actually doing a tour of the country. They've been to Bama. They've been to Ohio State. I think they were at Michigan on Wednesday. Um, and there's some other schools that are going to hit as well. Um, he's going to put off his official visits until the, the fall. So that was okay. definitely going to be a later thing. And Bryce West is, listen, I mean, we're here again. The top player in Ohio who's a top 50 recruit who should commit as early as possible and be the leader of the class. Yep. Whether, you know, we saw it with CJ Hicks, we saw it with Jack Sawyer. Um, we're seeing it with Luke Montgomery right now. He understands that that pressure is there, but he's going to take his time and do this the right way. And he's got the right people in his corner. As you just mentioned, Ted Ginn Sr. sends his guys all over the place. He's got the right people around him to make sure he makes that right decision. It isn't just committing to Ohio State early because it's the cool thing to do right now. Chris Worley. I want to say Chris Worley. Chris Worley was a cool guy. He played linebacker, but he sort of was still kind of like that, right? Like mm-hmm. run like a safety, hit like a linebacker. Chris Worley, you take you take as many Chris Worleys as you can get. All right, that's exciting um, for that possibility. And again, yeah, the idea that maybe the leader of that class in 2024 be a Glenville guy in the state of Ohio, as we've seen guys like C.J. Hicks sort of take those that mantle in previous classes, that would be certainly something to watch. I always like it when you tell us stories, Stephen, not just about, this player has Ohio State's interest, but when you sort of watch things unfold, and for our tech subscribers, again, it's just worth it because it's free. You could have been getting two weeks of camp stuff in, in June for free. You can still get it. There's still camps left, and Steven's going to be there. You get, like, on-the-scene camp stuff in your phone, like like minutes or hours after it happened, before the story goes up, before the podcast goes up. 614-350-3315. And I'm driving around on these college visits and uh, I'm getting updates about like, hey, Tony Alfred's out with a guy. And it reminds me of this last thing. And this is like important stuff because this is how relationships develop. This is how seeds get planted. It was 2025 running back Donovan Johnson. And just take us through, Stephen. You sort of watched it unfold, right? Was this this was Wednesday that this one was, Donovan yes. Johnson? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so on Wednesday, he's actually – I think it's the first one-on-one workout Tony Alford's had with a guy this year. Um, And the thing is, everybody that handles their one-on-one workouts differently, Tony Alford wants to kill you. (laughs) Nicely, nicely. Yeah, nicely, nicely. But he wants to kill you. He 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 because he, he wants to see how bad you want it. Because you're playing a position where people want to knock your head off, man. He wants to see how much you can fight through. And he, and he put, doesn't want to like, know how you'll look on carry four and carry six. He wants to know how you'll yes. look on carry twenty one and carry twenty four. Oh uh, yes, because it's like I mean, Travion Henderson just went through it this year. We were asking him all those. Hey, you might get it twenty five times against Penn State. Are you ready? He was like, yes. Answer, no, I was not ready. Only got the, only only had three yards per carry, and so it's ninety eight degrees. It's so hot, you can see heat rising off the turf. It was so hot the last two days that they actually didn't even use the outside turf fields. There was all grass or indoors, and it was miserable the entire time. I lost fifteen pounds the last two days just standing there watching other people exercise. I feel like time. I should go. That would be that's that is incentive oh, to yeah. me. That's incentive yeah. to go. It's a 50, it is the Stephen means weight loss plan. Yes. Go watch Ohio State camp. Yes. I could drop 15, um, 15 LBs. That'd be okay. Just just by watching people in better shape than you run around and get yelled at by coaches. It was amazing. But he put him it, it, it's a lot of the same drills that he would do with his own players, Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor and whatnot. 
Um, but he was trying to kill him. And it's really hot outside. This is a kid from Georgia. And so I'm talking to his dad over on the sidelines about it. And he's like, this is nothing to us. We're used to this. I'm like, I understand that. But it's 98 degrees out here. Fam. It's, it's, this is, nobody's used to this. I don't care where you're from. And as I'm watching this, I'm remembering last year watching Richard Young go the, the exact same drills. I think it was just as hot. And he was actually inside. So it was even hotter because, you know, the Woody is basically mm. a greenhouse at this time of year. Yeah. And Richard Young, halfway through it, was waving the white flag that this is a kid from Miami who is just I, I can't get through this. This is a lot of work. He's sweating. It's the Richard Young is the most in shape teenager I've ever seen. And he couldn't get through this workout. And Donovan Johnson got through it pretty easily. Um, he was breathing hard when we were talking to him afterward, but he got through this workout pretty easily. And so I go up to Tony Alford and I go. Man, you really, I remember Richard Young going through this. He couldn't go through. He's like, yeah, I want to kill these guys. And this guy, and it's like, it's almost like a litmus test of can you mm-hmm. get through the workout more than this? What do you look like going through it? Right. You can get through this workout. And as you mentioned, then when it's time to play Michigan or play Penn State or play in a playoff game where you're going to get the ball 30 times, you're ready for that. And you saw that from Donovan Johnson. And then as usual, when you're talking to him afterward, he's throwing out every great running back in the book, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, Travion Henderson. He even said that people compare him to Eddie George and Derrick Henry. Mm. Is he big? He's 6'1", 190, but he's he's going into his sophomore year, and he is very much in shape. So – he he understands that he's probably going to be six two, six three, and around two ten when he plays. So he's mo- it's fair for him to model his game after bigger backs. Yeah. It's just I don't know if those are the bigger backs names you want to throw out there because that's a Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer and one of the highest paid running backs of all time. But yes, he is a large human being and a very good. And he ran like a four five or a low four six. And this is Georgia. You said this guy's from Georgia, yes, from Savannah, Georgia. Man, that's hard. Georgia, Georgia likes running backs and Georgia's good at football, but it's worth watching. Right. And listen, you don't, Tony Alford doesn't put that guy through a drill on a Wednesday in June, two and a half years before he can commit because he thinks he's going 10 for 10 on every one of these guys. Mm -hmm. But just every now and then, boy, boy. theory, the theory we talked about when we did the draft um, pod, where we said like every four years, yep. Tony should go hit a home run. I mean, what was a, a, uh, uh, Zeke was 2013, JK is 2017, Trey is 2021. So this would fit that. Yep. Go get a guy in 2025. And he's, he threw the word family out there a lot. Okay. Uh, and it, he's clearly, I will, and like you said, we'll see because he is from Georgia and Georgia's just as known for producing running backs as Ohio State is. But he would fit that you need to go get a dude every four, yep. four years who's ready to, ready to play for you as a true freshman. And this is a guy who's going to, he's got five star potential. And you could even go back. And obviously, Zeke was, that was before Tony Alford got here, but even right. like back to Beanie Wells is like yep. 2006, I guess. And there's probably mm-hmm. somebody. So, but it is, it's like, you don't, you don't need a home run all American back every recruiting cycle. You can't, ex- you know, especially the school that, you know, is sort of known at the moment for throwing the ball, even though mm-hmm. I'm sure as they point out to people, if you come here as a running back, you will have a chance for a 1600 yard season. Like it's, it's not like you're just going to be pass protecting while the quarterback slings it 55 times, they run a lot of plays and they're going to give the ball to the running back. So just put it in your, put it in your, in your little mind hole there listeners, right? Donovan Johnson, not Donovan Jackson, right? No, that, this is great. Now I'm dead. I can't do it. Just wait till 
I put out there my predictions for the wide receivers in this class, and you're going to have a Brandon Ennis, a Bryson Rogers, and a Noah Rogers. Nope. See how many times you mess those names up. I'm still getting Baron Browning and Bryant Browning wrong. <laughs> so I can't, I can't. Bryant, Baron Browning's been gone two years. Bryant Browning's been gone like 10 years. I'm still, so I'm going to get Donovan Jackson and Donovan Johnson. I'm going to tell, I'm going to have to call Tony Offer and be like, I don't care how much I can't do two Donovans. Can you call one Don? Can we call him Donnie? Donnie Johnson. Donnie Johnson I'm down with. Because that's like Donnie Wahlberg. And uh, he was in the Backstreet Boys. And then it helps me remember that. You know what I mean? That like, You do word association. So like okay. if they got like a if they got like a, a running back named Jordan, well, then Jordan was in the Backstreet Boys with his brother, Jonathan. They were both in the Backstreet Boys. So then that helps me. So, you know, it's just as I get older, I need a little more help with this stuff. This will be interesting to watch. Worth keeping your eye on. Let's keep an eye on one more position. We'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. So, Stephen, when you were at these camps, when they are working out a tackle, an offensive tackle who perhaps is of Ohio State's caliber, do they ring a bell? Do they do they like gather around and and like do they put him on a chair and lift him into the air? Like what what? <laughs> The, the search for tackles in any class for Ohio State right now, it's like, oh, we might have one. And there was one that might have popped this week, right? Yeah, tackle is <laughs> – I said it before, I'll say it again. Ohio State has a tackle fraud problem. It's like you get these guys, it's like you're a tackle, and then you see them in real life, it's like, no, you're a guard. Never oh. mind. We're going to keep searching. I thought today they found two guys who might be able to play tackle. Um it's hard to evaluate offensive linemen at these things. Yes. Because you're not – even during the competitive periods because you're not you're not in pads, so you can't hold on to anything when you're trying to block. Um, defense. There's nothing that – like defensive linemen are not necessarily trying to rush a quarterback. They're just trying to get to a spot. So you don't really know who won and who lost. So you're really just evaluating, you know, their kick – you know, how fast they can move their feet, like whether or not they win or lose a rep in competitive drills doesn't matter. So I, it's almost not even important to pay attention to that. But the two guys, really three guys I walked away from over the last two days that I thought were pretty interesting. One was Ben Robach um, from St. Ed's, another Cleveland guy. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun time for me over the next couple of years, man, being oh, a Cleveland.com here. Um, number 169 player, the number nine tackle. He is six foot seven, 320 pounds, and he looks every bit. Of that six foot seven, three hundred and twenty. When you can make Bill Landis look small, you're a large human being. That's like my, that's that the test. gauge. I like yes. that test. It's the, I, yeah. I'm waiting he, for Justin Fry. Everyone's get like Justin Fry's going to call Landis over, call him onto the field. And everyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, Landis is getting a one on one in the middle of a session." <laughs> and Justin Fry is just applying the Landis test. If the tackle is yeah. not tall, if he's not taller than Landis, he can't be a tackle here. That's the test. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Landis should actually do that. Actually, great. oh great, turn so, the pot off. No, yeah, oh great. Now we just <laughs> just hand Landis another award-winning story at the Athletic. <laughs> Taylor Decker well, is the gorilla. Come on, man, he already has his. He doesn't need any more award-winning stories. Yeah, yeah. Bill, turn this off. The next guy on that list from from Wednesday is Ian Moore from out of Indiana. He actually did get offered on Wednesday, the number 206 player, the number 11. He's listed as an interior offensive lineman, but he's 6'5", 295 pounds. He's got longer arms, and I think he projects out more as a tackle. Um, They had him repping at both left and right tackle today, Wednesday. So that's another guy to keep an eye on. Both of those guys legitimately look like legit tackle options where 
they landed either one of those guys, you're happy with it because they're top 200 recruits. You know, they're what they're looking for. Then there's some lower rated guys, obviously, because, you know, it's not Ohio State unless you've got a couple lower rated guys. A guy like Miles Walker, who is who took an who took an official visit over the weekend. He's 6'6", 275 out of Connecticut. 465 and number 338 um, offensive tackle in the 2023 class. I think that of the late blooming, lower rated 2023 insurance, just in case we miss on our top 100 recruits list of guys that they're starting to build up with, I think that would be Miles Walker would be the one that's most likely to end up being a Buckeye. If you miss out on a guy like Samson Okunlola and Olas Elaine, and if you miss out on those two guys, you kind of your eyes kind of light up looking at a guy like Miles Walker who might come here. And then actually a fourth guy, this guy's from the 2024 class. I know I'm throwing a lot of names at you guys, people. The number 193 player and the number 12 tackle in the 2024 class. His name is Luke Hamilton out of Avon, Ohio. Um, this is another one of those. He's listed as a tackle, but then you see him in real life and his best suited as an interior guy, unless you want to make him your right tackle. Walker went from like Dartmouth offers in February to an Ohio state offer yeah. in June. So I, we had, I'd looked through him and it's just, it's fascinating to watch that stuff. It's like, Hey, UConn and army and, Patriot League teams. Then it's like, oh, here comes Syracuse. And oh, maybe Boston College thinks he's going to get it. And it's like, oh, Virginia Tech. And oh, no, here comes Pitt. And oh, now it's Penn State. And then it's like, and here comes Ohio State. And Dartmouth is like, darn it. Oh, I thought. Again, that's why I think like recruiting at mid-level or lower level. Seriously, can you imagine you're Dartmouth and you're like, oh, my God. I think we got, I don't think anyone knows. And like three months later, Justin Fry's like, boom. And the Dartmouth offensive line coach is like, what am I supposed to do here? So it's the it's the best thing about these camps is obviously there are other schools here. And I'm, I think I'm standing next to a Kent State guy and we're watching somebody run a 40 and he ran a pretty impressive 40 time. And he was like, oh, man, that kid's pretty good. What year is he? And I go, he's 2025. And he goes, oh, never mind. <laughs> Because if he'd have been a 2023 kid, then he's got a chance because he's clicking right. that on Ohio State's right, radar. But if he's that young. You have no chance. Okay, just the the most fascinating thing about recruiting is like, wow, that kid is good. He is too good for our school. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That kid has some flaws. Awesome. We might get him. <laughs> Which, again, is not against anybody. I mean, like, you know, we're, I'm not a – I'm not a five-star recruit. Like, so this is – like, it's, it's fascinating that – like, Ohio State, again, uh, I'm not saying it's easy or easier, but they can try to get – Everybody. Yes. Like maybe that guy, that guy who was like a Bear Bryant's grandson, maybe they didn't try to get him, but he transferred to Texas anyway. So like maybe not him. Maybe if you're like related to Nick Saban, they don't go after you. I guess they can't get a McCullough because all the McCulloughs are going to go kind of follow their dad, but then not follow their dad. But like most can't of get the a time, Manning either, but that's can't get a Manning. North. Yeah, they're SEC guys. So, yeah. but most, like almost everybody, but like when you're like, oh, I have to find the guy who is good enough to play for us, but not too good that he's going to go above us. That's where recruiting gets real, man. And all these assistant coaches and head coaches on the way up, they all live that. You know, again, when I was talking to Ryan Day last year for the book about like some of his great recruiting successes, and he's talking about Justin Simmons, who's like a, an all pro safety for the Broncos now. And Ryan Day like went down to, uh, some high school in Florida 
and was there and kind of like not scrounging around, but just like checking guys out. And he's like, oh, who's this guy? And pulled Justin Simmons up from Florida to Boston College, and the guy's like making $80 million in the NFL. And if Miami or Florida or Florida State or Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or anybody on the way from Florida to Boston had offered him, it wouldn't have mattered if Ryan Day found him or not because he wouldn't have gotten him. But nobody else did. So when you tell, it's like, hey, Ryan Day, he has, I mean, you know, he also talked about his great successes as Ohio State. Garrett Wilson's a big deal. Chris Olave is a big deal. But once he saw them, Ryan Day's like, that guy. Once, once he saw Chris Olave, can you imagine if Ryan Day was still at Boston College or at Temple and it happened to be in San Diego recruiting Jack Tuttle? And he's like, oh my God. Mm. Oh my God. Oh, the guy, the guy he's throwing to. They, does anyone know about this guy? I, I, he'd have to, I don't know what you'd have to do. You'd have to go out and like tell tie, him to stop playing football. Stop tie his shoelaces together. I mean, I don't know. Make him make his legs fall asleep for three months. It's like, oh my God, this guy, like people. But when you're Ohio State, you can be like, wow, diamond in the rough. I'll take him. And Chris Olave is like, cool. So anyway, that's why recruiting at Ohio State is so easy. Sorry. Ryan Hartline <laughs> biopic. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not really recruiting. It's just Brian Hartline. It's like he's like going through – back in my day in college, Stephen, we had an actual face book. It was a book of faces. So like it wasn't like when you got to Is college – where the name came from? Yeah. Yeah. We, oh. It was it – was, yeah. We had a book of faces. So you sent in your uh, – you sent in your picture and you sent in four uh, things that like were your hobbies. So it was like ner- very nerve-wracking. So I still have mine. I still look at it. And I've, I've said this before. Uh, Daryl Morey, general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, in my freshman year Facebook. And two of his hobbies were basketball and statistics. And it's like, well, that's mm. – I didn't put statistics for one of my hobbies. I think I put sleeping to be funny. Then it was like two-thirds of the people put sleeping, and then you just look like a slacker. But uh, somebody else, instead of sending in their actual photo, sent in a picture of Oates from Hall and Oates. So right. it's like, uh, it's like, it's just like this like 37 year old man with big bushy hair and a mustache. And it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that guy. It's like, no, that's Oates. That's not. So it's like, it's the gag, but then like you're walking around freshman year and nobody knows what you look like. Cause you, my wife, my wife is like this. I am not. My wife would meet people and then would go home and in her book, put like a, a check mark by your face. If she met you that day. Your wife's a friendly person. Yeah, me. Not I had no. There's yeah. no check marks in my. You got to balance each other out. That's all. Life is all about balance. Yeah. Um. Oh, and we just did a uh, one of our listeners. Ooh, I don't. I can't say it because I don't want to ruin it. I'll talk about it next week. Uh, I can't ruin the thing because there's a thing coming up. Okay. So. Oh yeah. Um. So anyway, that's it. So so there are a couple. So there's an official visit weekend. There's an official visit weekend. Last weekend that had some mm-hmm. guys. There are some guys coming for this weekend, the 17th, that are – we're watching or not as much of a lot of the guys on that weekend move back to the weekend of the 24th now? No, we are watching. From here on forward, we're we're in the window of okay. who's going to pop. And uh, we can get into some of the names, especially the targets. I think the commits, we'll just run through that real quick. Deshaun Johnson, uh, the top 100 corner out of Florida. Ty Lockwood, the top 100 tight end. Joshua Padilla, 
Um, Mark, Fl- who's the interior offensive lineman from Ohio, Mark Fletcher, from the running back from Florida, and Austin Sierra from the interior lineman from um, Ohio, and then Bryson Rogers. There's Ty Rogers name again. The the borderline top 300 recruit from Florida that Ryan, that Brian Hartline took so early that you only you have to think Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Keon Gray's of what does Brian Hartline know that the rest of the world doesn't know yet because especially with the way he performed over the weekend in Las Vegas at that 707 tournament, I have a feeling that Bryson Rogers might be flirting with five-star territory by signing day. Um, because that's, that's where we're at at this point, Brian, if, if he's going to take four a year, three of them are going to be legitimate top 100 guys. And one of them is going to be a guy that when he takes them, it doesn't make any sense because he's ranked in the low 300s to 400s. And then by signing day, like, Oh, okay. He might be the best one of the group. Okay. Okay. So that's and then the weekend of the twenty fourth is when everybody's in. Yes, everybody who's of interest who's not committed yet, and they are uh, hoping yeah. to turn it in the commitments. Yeah, I think the three biggest names as far as non Ohio State commits this week. Obviously, Brandon Innes, the number two wide receiver in the country, um, who is been on the top of their wide receiver board forever since he showed up here last year and camped. Um, the name I was given as a player comp was Jarvis Landry. Mm. Um, which tells me slot receiver, but he's also the size of Julian Fleming. So okay. I mean, those two things kind of scare me a little bit for what that means. Joe Noah Guerrero. Brian Hartline, who, Brian Hartline loves Jarvis Landry. Yeah, so that's a – I'll, I'll hear that. Team um, in Miami. Yeah, Jonella jo, Guerrero, the other safety target outside of Caleb Downs at Ohio State is high on, but I don't think this is going to – turn into much. Um, uh, I think he's going to end up at Georgia. He's from Massachusetts, but I think he ends up at Georgia, which is fine. If you think Caleb Downs is going to end up at Ohio State, it's like they trade it. It's like, here, we'll send you south. You bring him north. And then Noah Rogers, the other um, top 50 wide receiver from North Carolina who had some NC State momentum up until the spring game. And I think he kind of fell in love with Ohio State. He's kind of on the verge there. And then those guys, guy want- these guys are all coming in this weekend. These are the seventeenth yes. weekend guys. Okay. Yes, and then another. There's some other guys here are coming, but I, one guy I do want to point out because we haven't talked about him at all. We've talked about Jermaine Matthews and what he did when he camped. Is Calvin Simpson Hunt? He is the number one seventy three player, the number twenty two cornerback out of Texas. Right now, he is a Texas Tech commit, but. Ohio State has started to get involved. Alabama has gotten involved. Notre Dame has gotten involved. So Texas Tech, sorry, you're probably not holding on to this one much longer. They love him. They, they, he is a. I, I flat out asked one of the assistant coaches, "Is this guy a take?" And they were like, "Yes, we would take him right now if he wanted to commit as a top 200 guy." Um, they can't not wait to get him here, and I won't be surprised if he's not committed to Texas Tech much longer. Okay. Okay, so listen, that's your recruiting hit for this week on the pod. Uh, Stephen will be back next week sometime after this official visit weekend if there's some news from that, and then to sort of preview again that big, 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 big official visit weekend on June 24th, which, as we said many times, if all things are being equal, you'd kind of rather have the last visit. So there are a lot of guys who are going – 310, 17, 24 with their official visits in the month of June. And there's a lot of guys who are at a lot of other places this month and are going to finish up at Ohio State on the 24th. And then maybe it's making up your mind time. Read Cleveland.com slash OSU. Stephen will be writing about this stuff there. Try the texts at 614-350-3315. We'll keep bringing you guys these pods. Stephen, thanks for uh, two long days out there. Congratulations on the weight loss. 
Um, go get yourself a nice, uh, I don't know, what do you eat? Like, what's, what's like your uh, guilty pleasure, Stephen? Like a honey, honey buns. Honey buns. Yeah, I love honey buns. Could you, have you eaten, a, like, what's in a box of honey buns? Like six? Yeah. When Did I was you? in college, I used to run through them in like 15 minutes while I was doing like schoolwork and stuff. I'm obviously an adult now and I can't do that. I could, but I could eat six in a sitting if I really wanted okay. to. Now, I said next week, bring the honey buns to replenish yourself while you're sweating off the weight at the camp. That just sounds like a way to have myself passed out in the middle of the woody. You know, you know what, though? Bring some extra for your friends. Share. Share some honey buns. Spread them around. Can you imagine that if there were like 10 reporters gorging themselves on honey buns at a camp and everyone started puking and Ryan Day was like, and that's why reporters aren't allowed at camps anymore? <laughs> The great honey bun fiasco of 2022 <laughs> engineered by Stephen Means. Um, good luck with that. Okay. Thanks to you guys for listening. We'll have another good pod coming your way Friday. We still have some stuff banked from when uh, Nathan was around before he went on leave. Um, so I think we'll drop one of those on Friday. But for now, for Stephen Means, I'm Doug Lee Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.